Hello and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Wolves. Today on the show, let's talk a little bit about the trade deadline. Yeah, it's a couple months away. Brian Edwin City ESPN is, of course, talking about the potential for trades, mentioned the Wolves. Could they be doing something prior to the deadline? I want to break that down. What are the odds something like that happens? Plus, we'll preview the Wolves matchup with the Dallas Mavericks, an exciting game Thursday night that uh, we're all looking forward to. I think it's all upcoming on the show here today. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beek and I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Happy Thursday, everybody. It is a Timberwolves game day, a rare Thursday game for the Wolves as they take on the Dallas Mavericks in Dallas here Thursday night. We'll preview that matchup. I actually spent a decent chunk of the show talking about that today. It's the first time the Wolves have seen the Mavs this year. Dallas is playing great. Still no Kyrie Irving. They're a bit bruised and battered, but have been scoring a ton of points lately. So I want to break down that matchup. I think it's pretty interesting. But let's start with um, the... I don't. What are the chances the Wolves make a trade at some point this season? I think it's worth unpacking, especially Brian Windhorst is talking about at ESPN, and and it's something that now that we're about at that December fifteenth deadline, right? That's tomorrow, where guys signing the off season can now be traded. So that's when unofficial trade season heats up here for the next couple of months. So I want to break that down a bit further here today. Uh, we'll get into that here next. Um, a big thank you, though, first of all, for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app, on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow on X at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon. I also want to mention uh, tonight after the game, of course, we'll have the live postcast with Jack Borman, joined, uh, who will be joining uh, Luke Inman over at Lockdown Sports Minnesota on YouTube. The audio from that will be available here on the Lockdown Wolves audio feed, wherever you listen to podcasts. And also, if you're not able to watch the game live, you can catch every bucket from Wolves Mavs on the hometown broadcast with the fantastic Alan Horton on SiriusXM on the SXM app. You just search Minnesota Timberwolves and you'll find that audio feed. Again, the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Minnesota Timberwolves. All right. Let's talk. Uh, let me first kind of read off what Wendy says here over at ESPN. This is an ESPN Plus um, article, so you have to have an uh, uh, insider subscription or whatever it's called these days. Um, and the article is just holes on championship contenders, right? Like what holes do these rosters have that need to be potentially could be filled at the deadline? So he says Timberwolves roster hole is perimeter scoring. Why? He says the Wolves are the best defense in the NBA in tremendous size, but rank in the bottom half in offense. Minnesota could use another scoring threat to help Anthony Edwards on the perimeter. Not exactly how I'd frame that. We'll get back to that in a second. What they have to trade, he says the Timberwolves can't trade a first. They have a couple of second rounders left, but are in salary cap jail after this season. Kyle Anderson has a $9 million expiring salary, but it's hard to see Minnesota taking on money after this season. Chances of a significant trade, he says, unlikely. The team is below the apron, but could be a buyout destination. All right, so 
What he means by that, the last piece of it, I guess we'll probably get back to this, but uh, because the Wolves are below the apron and obviously could also sign vet minimums, they also have a roster spot, right? The Wolves have carried an open roster spot all season. So I I will just start with the end of this, and I, I promise I'm not like, I mean, there's still meat on the bone here to discuss because anything's possible, right? I do think the most likely scenario is the Wolves don't make a trade at all and they find somebody on the buyout market, or perhaps it's elevating a two-way deal to the roster. That's probably less likely. Um, You know, come trade deadline time-ish, maybe even in January, if they don't think they're likely to make a trade at that point. Um, As guys start to get bought out, and then, of course, there's 10-day contracts that can be signed in January. I think the Wolves will just kind of look at their situation, their health at that point in time, and try and figure out who they might be able to add, if anybody, on the open market in that fashion. So I think that's more likely. That said, Windhorse isn't wrong. The Wolves need some more perimeter shooting. Where I think he's a bit off is is his characterization of like Ant needing more help on the perimeter. I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like Carlton Towns is a pretty good three-point shooter, right? Uh, I mean, what? He's, he's almost 43% on the season and a career... 40% three-point shooter, you know. Anyway, I would frame this, frame, frame, frame that a little bit differently. The Wolves stars can shoot threes. Cat and Ant are both really good three-point shooters. Ant more from a volume and distance standpoint, and Cat, and also he can get a shot off at any point against anyone. And Cat, just from an accuracy standpoint, in fact, um, the four Wolves starters that aren't Rudy Gobert are all shooting above league average from outside the arc. Jane McDaniels is still over 37%. He's only played in 12 games. Um, but McDaniels and Ant are both north of 37%. Cat's almost 43%, and so is Mike Conley. So really, it's the bench that we're talking about, right? Like, it's the bench that isn't shooting threes well. Nas, of course, was over 40% a couple weeks ago and has been in a massive slump from deep until the other night. Um, but he'd been shooting lights out from deep. Troy Brown, you know, was one for six from beyond the arc last time out, but before that had been shooting it great. Alexander Walker, one of the reasons I was a bit dubious about Resigning him this offseason is the track record of shooting threes wasn't as good as what he did in a Wolves uniform last year. And even that was pretty, you know, mediocre ish. And that's what's happened so far this year. He shot it great for Team Canada in the World Cup and he shot it great in preseason, but he's 34.4% so far this season. And obviously, Shake is much worse than you'd expect him to be at 25%. The Wolves as a team are 14th in percentage. So, it's really more a lack of volume. They're 18th and three-point attempt rate. And I spent a long time, actually a full show a couple weeks ago, talking about the the lack of volume of three-point attempts for the Wolves. Volume needs to go up. They're middle of the pack in terms of percentage. That's not the number one problem for this team. But I would say, if you're going to look for one skill, which is typically, unless you're making a blockbuster at the deadline, you're looking for a skill that you need help with, right? It could be rebounding. It could be perimeter defense. It could be rib protection. It could be three-point shooting, right? Or whatever. Um, three-point shooting is the one of those things because you're not going to obviously add a, a rotation big. Like, the Wolves have three of those. Uh, and they don't need another in four if you include Kyle Anderson. Um, it's not, you know, a starter. It's not a perimeter defender, right? So if it's anything, it's shooting because you could always have another shooter. And as soon as somebody goes down, you, you ideally could go to somebody that, you know, like Josh Minot's great, and I'm excited for him to get rotation minutes at some point, probably next year. He's not a three-point shooter. That's his limitation, right? We know Wendell Moore is not a three-point shooter, among other things, right? So the the depth, like, it'd be great to have somebody else that could shoot. But that's also probably more a buyout market thing than it is like, hey, let's trade a real asset for 
somebody who's a marginally better shooter than Troy Brown Jr., right? So I think the depth of this team is good enough that it's really unlikely the Wolves make a trade. Now, Windhorse mentions the Kyle Anderson expiring contract. That actually came up on the Minnesota Basketball Party podcast, uh, which actually, if you haven't listened to it already, quick plug, it's the last audio episode. If you're listening, wherever you listen to podcasts, the last episode before this one in the Lockdown Wolves feed is the Minnesota Basketball Party Myself, editor-in-chief of Canis Supis, Jack Borman, uh, Reggie Wilson, the anchor, a sports anchor at Care 11, and Ron Johnson of the Ron Johnson Show, and Sam Ekstrom, who who hosts it, talked to Mike Conley and, and, you know, what are the chances he gets an extension? And the Kyle Anderson expiring came up as like, hey, this is, you know, maybe the one potential trade piece the Wolves have. And, uh, you know, they could trade him for someone. Right, and then free up some additional space this year if they want to get an extension done or whatever with Conley. Like, I guess that wouldn't really work, but if they wanted to play around with that, now, even though Kyle Anderson has not been nearly as good this year as he was last year, we're still only a quarter of the way through the season, and uh, he still provides that size and team defense that the Wolves need uh, off the bench. So I'd be really surprised if they trade Kyle Anderson, but that would really be the only move they could make is by trading slow mo. And, you know, a second round pick or whatever and and try and bring in some shooting. But again, like, I, I just don't know. Now you don't have your, you know, that guy that can play the three and the four, right? Like Torian Prince was that guy last year. He's gone. Now it's Kyle Anderson. That's the swing three, four guy. Who is it after that? I guess Troy Brown can play in like tiny lineups can play the four. Jade McDaniels doesn't play a whole lot of four anymore, right? So um, you lose a lot of size if you do that. And the team likes, like Chris Finch wants to play big. So I just don't think it's likely the Wolves to make any sort of significant deal, mostly because they just don't they don't have cap space, they don't have picks, as Windhorse points out. But also because like what do you get it if you trade out you're not gonna trade Mike Conley, who's also an expiring contract, like a huge expiring contract. Why like why would they ever do that? That doesn't make any sense. So I think it's pretty unlikely. Obviously something to keep tabs on. And it's fun for the Wolves to be able to keep an eye out on the buyout market. Like that's not a typical thing for Wolves fans to do because you know, most guys like, why would you come to Minnesota if you're bought out? Well, this year, Minnesota's sitting here right now is is still the best or second best team in the entire league. So, um, like, yeah, I mean, I think that's far more likely that the Wolves make a move in terms of the buyout market in January, February, March than on the actual trade market. All right. Um, I do want to dig into the Mavs matchup and actually spend the rest of the show talking about that. I think it's a pretty intriguing matchup. So we'll get, we're going to get to all of that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our title sponsors at FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Of course, we're at the height of the NFL playoff race, and uh, you know we also have like tons of NBA. Wolves obviously play tonight, plus NFL tonight, so both, both going on here Thursday night. Uh, college football bowl season's upcoming. Plus, there's NFL games on Saturday now uh, because college football's over except for the bowl game. So you get NFL tonight, NBA tonight, and Friday night, NFL and NBA Saturday. Like, it's a big weekend in sports. It's the perfect time to join FanDuel. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and continue a fantastic NFL season at FanDuel. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. 
Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, uh, Wolves Mavs. So actually, let's quick touch on Conley. I, I realized I had that on the rundown there and, and it, I talked about it on the basketball party, so I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. Um, the Wolves certainly could extend Mike Conley this year. The, the cliff notes are on this are Conley, his his deal's up at the end of the season. He's getting paid like $23 million or something this year. The, he is extension eligible, but because of the Wolves' status next year, getting an actual extension done, like you may remember Patrick Beverly what, two years ago, the Wolves extended him and then ended up trading him in the offseason? I guess that would have been two years ago. Um, like, it's possible they could theoretically do it, but because the number that Conley's currently getting paid is so high and the Wolves have extensions kicking in next year, like um, the, like the uh, the Ant extension, uh, et cetera, it's, it's pretty unlikely an extension gets done now. It's possible, though, and... In the offseason, would he resign? We talked about this on the basketball party, so go listen to the full conversation. We all had slightly different takes on this. But, I, you know, nobody that could pay... Con- like, Conley's made like $230 million. We We had the number on the on the show early on yesterday's show um, in his career. I, he's not going to hold out for $25 million. I also don't think anyone's going to give 37-year-old Mike Conley $25, $26, 27000000 in free agency next year, even on a one- or two-year deal. Um so if he doesn't, if he isn't looking for that contract, he's not likely to get that contract. Plus, at this stage, he's trying to win a championship, right? He's never played past, I don't, I think he got to the conference finals one year with Memphis, like, and and with Utah, never did. So he's only on his third team. He's playing for a deep playoff run and hopefully a championship. And the Wolves now can offer that plus familiarity. So I'd be shocked if, if, there were too many other teams that could have a competitive offer for Mike Conley and free agency that he'd be interested in. This is going to require a lot of shuffling of the deck for Minnesota. They'll likely need to, you know, trade window more junior, attach a pick to him, maybe even, uh, maybe not. I mean, they're still obviously upside there. So maybe they could just straight up get off his guaranteed rookie deal. Um, you know, you have to let decline shake Milton's option, let him go. There's a handful of kind of housekeeping things. And I think Jack mentioned it all on the show, on the basketball party show. Um, but I think at sitting here right now, like obviously absurdly early, six months before we have to legitimately have this conversation, assuming an extension doesn't get done before then, I think it's, I would even say likely that Mike Conley ends up back in Minnesota on a, on a friendly, uh, friendly for both sides, a, an agreeable, you know, eight, nine, ten million dollar uh, one year deal or maybe one year plus an option for a year two. And that's, I think, a reasonable deal for Mike Conley at this age and, and also with how important he's been to the Wolves this season. So uh, and going back to last year's trade deadline. So I think that's the most likely scenario. We'll obviously spend more time on that here later in, in the season as we get closer to the deadline and closer to next offseason and, and talk real numbers and all that stuff. So something to keep an eye on and consider. But uh, no doubt the Wolves front office has you know plan A, B and C here all lined out related to Conley. All right, let's talk about the Mavs matchup. Um, I want to talk about the line first, and we may circle back to this. Literally, as I was making this graphic, if you're watching on YouTube, um, I'm putting up the graphic right now. FanDuel has the Wolves as a one-point underdog at Dallas on Thursday night. Over-under is 229 points. Um, As I was making the graphic, the FanDuel line changed from plus one and a half to plus one. Don't have any idea if there's any, like, 
info and Ant out there. I mean, he's still listed as questionable for this game, as is Jade McDaniels and Jordan McLaughlin, of course. Uh, McDaniels and McLaughlin both played on Tuesday, excuse me, Monday night against New Orleans, and Ant did not play. They had all been listed as questionable heading into the game. So they're all questionable for this game, but the line shifted in the Wolves' favor, still one-point underdogs. I am a little surprised by that. I know the Mavs have won four straight. I know it's in Dallas. I know Ant's questionable, but Kyrie Irving's not playing. And um, I don't know. There's just not a whole lot else there for Dallas. Now, I did say on the basketball party show, I thought the Wolves would lose to the Mavs. Like that was just a prediction based on how well the Mavs offense has been playing and some of the spotty play from the Wolves recently. And Dallas is good. They have a bit of a home court advantage. Like, um, But all that to say, I actually don't mind the Mavs matchup for the Wolves. And so I want to kind of pick that apart a little bit. Let's start with my keys to the game. And again, if you're on YouTube, you can see I have the keys to the game up on the on the screen. I'm going to go down the list here. Number one, the Timberwolves need to own the glass against this Mavs team. Um, Dallas is not a good rebounding team. They're 26th in defensive rebound rate. They're 21st in offensive rebound rate. And they're just, in general, a bad defensive team. So the Wolves, there's no excuse for the Wolves to not put up some points in this game and also get some cheap buckets on offensive rebounds. The Wolves don't have a huge focus on offensive rebounding, but we know Rudy Gobert can clean up. Just a couple of games ago, he had, it seemed like a dozen, not actually, like, I don't know, five, it was literally like five or six offensive rebounds in that game. Um, I think it was two, I think it was Saturday's game. Um, like, Rudy can do some work on the offensive glass occasionally, you know, Conley, McDaniel, some of the guards can sneak in and do that. The Wolves are only 19th in offensive rebound rate uh, on basketball reference, but they have a chance to do some damage there. And they also, um, defensive rebounding wise, the Wolves have steadied that a bit. They're actually 10th right now in defensive rebound rate. Um, and with Dallas being bottom third of the league in terms of offensive rebound rate, that's a place the Wolves really should dominate in this game. And, uh, you know, a, a weakness of the Wolves that, I shouldn't say weakness because they are 10th in defensive rebound rate, but an area that's traditionally been a weakness the last couple of years and at times is a major uh, point in which the Wolves kind of lapse in. They have the ability to um, to really dominate on the glass in this game. The second thing I have on my keys is contest under control. What I mean by that is get out on the perimeter, get your hand in someone's face, but close out under control. The reason why this is so important is that Dallas is number one in the entire league in three-point makes per game. They're number two in three-point attempt rate and three-point attempts per game. They're number eight in percentage, 37.9% as a team. That's eighth league-wide coming into play on Wednesday of this week. Um, they also play fast. They're seventh in pace. So Dallas wants to three-point you to death. Like That's that's what they do. You look at their profile over at Cleaning the Glass. This year, they're number one in the league in corner three-point attempts. Last year, they were number one in the league in corner three-point attempts. They're number two in terms of all three-point frequency. I, you know, I, I mentioned that over at Basketball Reference. Same thing at Cleaning the Glass. They finished last year third. In fact, they've been top five as an organization in terms of three-point attempt rate going all the way back to 2015-16. That's nine seasons, including this year. Um, they, they just shoot a ton of threes. And... They also don't get to the line all that often. They're Well, I shouldn't say that. They're middle of the pack, but it's basically Luka, right? They're 16th in offensive free throw rate. Luka attempts eight free throws per game. Kyrie, who isn't going to play, is 3.6 free throw attempts per game. Nobody else is more than two and a half free throw attempts per game. So this team is shooting threes. They actually don't get to the line all that often. They don't shoot in the paint all that much. It's mostly threes and then some mid-range stuff mixed in. Um, 
so interestingly, this is an area where Rudy Gobert, like I'm curious to see what the Wolves do with Rudy in this game. If he's in a straight drop ball game, like Luka's going to eat that alive, right? Um, and because the Mavs don't actually get into the paint and try and score at the rim all that often, I, like that obviously is what is what Rudy does, right? Their rim frequency attempts, their uh, shots within four feet of the basket, they are 29th in the league this season. They were 26th last year, 29th the year before. So you go back all of Luka's career, they've been between 26th and 29th in a season in terms of shots at the rim within four feet of the basket, according to cleaning the glass. They're more middle of the pack when it comes to mid-range shots, you know, fluctuates a little bit for them, but never that low and never that high. It's always kind of that, you know, 15 to 20-ish range uh, in terms of league ranking. So threes and mid-range shots and Rudy's less helpful there, right? So how will the Wolves defend? I, I think that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. And I think closing out under control on the perimeter is going to be really impactful or really important as well. Let's get to my third key and a couple other points on the Wolves-Mavs matchup. We'll do that here next as we close out the show. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at Dave. At one time or another, we all need a little financial help. That's why Dave is great. Dave can get you cash when you need a hand between paychecks and can help you build credit by settling extra cash advances on time. Dave is the banking app that's leveling the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money you need with no interest and then settle up later. Download Dave today at dave.com slash LockedInNBA. Extra cash with Dave gives you more money to buy groceries, fill your tank, finally get your car repaired or catch up on bills without having to wait for your next paycheck. You can even build credit when you settle up on time. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to make their finances easier. If you're in a pinch, get the help you need by downloading Dave. Again, download Dave today at dave.com slash LockedInNBA. That's dave.com slash LockedOnNBA. You could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. Download the Dave app now or go to dave.com slash LockedOnNBA. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve, member FDIC. All right, third key to the game for Wolves Mavs, and it's for the Wolves offense, which of course scuffled uh, mightily with no Anthony Edwards in the lineup in Monday's loss to New Orleans. And uh, key number three is get to the basket slash get to the free throw line. Of course, those things are are definitely uh, linked to one another. Um, the Mavericks have a bad defense. Currently, they're, according to basketball reference, they're 21st in defensive rating. Um, they also do a really good job at avoiding foul trouble. And they like to play fast. So if the Wolves, they, they don't turn other teams over, uh, opponents over a whole lot either. So that what the Wolves need to do in this game is not simply settle for three-point shots that are going to allow long rebounds for a poor rebounding team. There's just more variance in long rebounds. So more three-point shots equals more long rebounds equals more transition opportunities for Dallas, who wants to play fast. And also, it means you're not putting pressure on a Dallas defense that isn't likely to foul you anyway, but you have to force the issue against them, right? There isn't a whole lot you're worried about in terms of what, you know, Dallas is bigs like um, Grant Williams is fine. But like, are you afraid of Grant Williams, you know, blocking your shot in the paint? Like Derek Lively is nice and he he will block a couple of shots in this game. But like, this is a team that the Wolves should be able to get into the paint against and score against and hopefully draw some fouls. Um, Dallas's defense. Uh, let's see. Effective field goal percentage are 20th in the league. Uh, Minnesota just needs to be aggressive. And obviously Ant playing would, would, 
would go a long way toward accomplishing that. Like him being aggressive, getting downhill, getting into the paint, getting to the line would be huge in this game. But again, limit the offensive, limit the long rebounds, limit the transition opportunities for Dallas. And, uh, you know, try and combat Dallas's three-point shooting ability with getting to the free throw line and scoring in the paint. The Wolves did not do enough of that. Like they were out free throwed, what, 40 attempts to 19 against New Orleans? Part of that was just the Pels and Zion being ultra aggressive and getting a ton of calls. But without Ant, the Wolves did not just, they just did not get to the rim enough against against New Orleans. And uh, this is a team that the Wolves, Dallas is a team the Wolves should be able to get into the paint and get it to the rim against quite a bit. Uh, get them warmed up for Indiana. I mean, Indiana, the Wolves should score a billion points against Indiana on Saturday. But, um, you know, this is kind of like, we need to see it. We need to see this, especially if Ant does not play. Um, we need to see the Wolves be aggressive, get it into the paint, trying to get to the line. Uh, Dallas, like, injury-wise, I mean, they're missing. Josh Green's likely not going to play. Kyrie Irving's not going to play. Uh, Derek Jones Jr., didn't play on Tuesday against the Lakers. Maxi Kleber has been out for a little while. He's still out. Um, so I don't know. Like, yeah, they're winning a bunch of games, but I mean, when they beat Memphis the other night, it was Lucas scored 35. Nobody else had more than 19 and 19 off the bench was Jaden Hardy scoring 19 off the bench. And like they shot 43% as a team from outside the arc. Crazy, right? Last time out, they beat the Lakers. They hung 127 on them. Doncic had 33. Tim Hardaway Jr. had 32 off the bench. You had 26 points and 7 of 9 shooting from 3 for Dante Exum. Like, that's not going to happen again, right? And then, you know, a couple nights after scoring 20-plus, Jaden Hardy scores 2 on 7 shots, right? So, um, yeah, Dallas has done had some impressive wins here lately. And, you know, you go down the list, they've scored 120-plus in the last 4 games. They hung 147 on the Jazz 4 games ago beat them by 50. They beat the Blazers by 13. They beat the Grizzlies by seven. And then they beat the Lakers by a bucket on Tuesday. But they also lost to the Grizzlies by 14 just uh, you know, a week and a half ago. Um, this has just been a wildly inconsistent team with a great offense and a bad defense. And with no Kyrie Irving, like this is a very winnable game with or without Ant. I'm still surprised the Wolves are one-point underdogs in this game. Um, it's not a bad matchup for Minnesota. The one thing that worries me is what I mentioned earlier regarding how you defend a team that only wants to shoot threes when Rudy is your guy. And this is maybe a peek at like, um, what do, how do the Wolves handle teams like this in the playoffs with Rudy Gobert? And everybody knows the whole Utah, like Rudy getting played off the floor by five out offenses, et cetera. And I'm on the record as saying like, Hey, it's not the same thing because the Wolves perimeter defenders are leaps and bounds ahead of where Utah's were pretty much the entirety of Gobert's career in Utah. And I still think that's true, but if Ant doesn't play now, you're just talking Jaden McDaniels, uh, you know, game two back from a sprained ankle, assuming he plays again, he's listed as questionable. Nikhil Alexander-Walker has to come to play. No Kyrie makes a big difference because you really are only worried about Luka attacking you off the dribble. And if someone else beats you, fine. Um, it can't keep happening, right? Like this team's not going to win five in a row, right? I know Dallas is currently fourth in the West. I just don't think that that's really all that sustainable um, given what what Dallas does and does not have on their roster. So we'll be a ton of fun. This is going to be a really, a really, really fun matchup. Um, I'm excited to see uh, to see the Wolves take on the challenge of Luka and hopefully win on the road here. So um, again, Wolves one-point underdogs there over at FanDuel. Go check it out at FanDuel. Go check that line out. Um, I, I picked the Wolves to lose on the basketball party, but the more I looked into this matchup, I, like, I think it's going to be a high-scoring, exciting game. 
and it's going to be close. So the line reflects that. So, you know, maybe that's, I'm not going out on a limb there, but I do think this will be a good game. Um, I'm excited to watch it. And of course, we'll have the live postcast at the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. I will have the post game pod up bright and early Friday morning. So be sure to tune into that as well. And if you can't watch the game, um, then you can listen on Sirius XM, the SX, SXM app, excuse me, search Minnesota Timberwolves to listen to the hometown broadcast with Alan Horton, Wolves Mavs on the SXM app, Sirius XM radio. Um, and again, live postcast after post game pod Friday, we got you covered. Um, so be sure to tune into all of that as well. A big thank you to those that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen every single day. Of course, you can listen wherever you find podcasts. You can watch on YouTube. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow an X at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.